Wow. The podcast starts like this. We each have a question we ask each other, and then we get into the topic. Yes. So do you have your question? I do have my question. What is your favorite grocery store? That new market basket might take the cake because it has a ton of stuff. There's a new market basket in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. The um, It's nice. I'm not going to give the award to that yet. I'm probably just going to say Trader Joe's. Fair. Um, how about you? Wegmans. I wish it was a little bit closer and I probably would go to it more. But Wegmans like has it all. Like the prepared food hits. Alcohol section hits. Actual food hits. Produce. Amazing. I love Wegmans. So, yeah. Um, that market basket has like a prepared food section and like a sub shop type thing. Mm. So, um, I haven't been inside of it yet, so I can't say for sure. It's enormous. It did it, have that fabulous drink that I am still freaking out about. That true. You're still sleeping. Apparently, oh they're sending us more. So, my God, you guys, more reviews. It happened. They found us. I'm so excited. All right. You ready for your question? Yes. All right. Since there's a captive audience of like 100, you're obviously a celebrity. <laughs> Your agent reaches out to you and says, blank fast food company would like you to create the Alex meal. Where is it and what is it? It's Taco Bell. <laughs> it is Taco Bell right, reaching what's, out to what's me. The, what's the Alex The meal? Alex is a... Chicken crunch wrap, a cheesy fiesta potato, a soft potato taco. We're heavy on the potatoes, and a large Baja blast. It be hitting. All right, you, you nailed the assignment. Thank you so much. What's yours? All right. We're going, we're going to my favorite Scottish restaurant, McDonald's. <laughs> right. First, large Coke, Dr. Pepper, or um, Sprite. You want something else? Fuck you, you can't. Only those three. Whoa. Bacon quarter pounder with cheese. Yep. 10-piece nugget with barbecue sauce. That's fair. Large fry. Vanilla ice cream. This is a big meal. Apple pie. That's right? a big meal. You don't have to eat all of it. You just need to, you got to Is have... that a challenge? <laughs> it's not a challenge. Like, I think I could eat all of that if I rode the Peloton, like, a little bit before, if I just want to be a piece of shit. Yeah. But you can eat half the burger, six nuggets, a couple, you don't have to eat it all. I just want all the options there because... I get to make it. That's fair. All right. It's a good one. Well, so, time to say bye to our friends on our TikTok live. And time to continue our podcast, which is going to be about life before we met each other. So a whole lot of the questions you asked and we didn't get to are actually going to be in this podcast. Mm -hmm. So so see you later. Tune in Monday. Okay, bye. All right. So I don't know how long this will take. So we might have to break it up into two parts.
Sorry about that noise. But uh, I guess we'll both start with our childhoods. You want to start yours or you want to go with mine? How, how deep are we going with this? I mean, I have an incredibly unremarkable childhood. I, so maybe you should go first. I, uh, I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, my parents are still together. I have a younger sister who does okay for herself. She does well. Sure. I mean, I, I, that wasn't meant as like a detriment. I'm just saying that like she, she's doing just fine in life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had had and have good friends from high school that yeah. are still in my life. Um, it's Guys, it's like wild how many of his friends. School was never particular. Like, like high school was not terrible. I didn't go a lot, but I didn't mind it when <laughs> I was there. Um, you know, like I, I, I carry, I carry no burden from the, uh, the first 18 years of my life. I don't think I do. Cer- certainly not more than anybody, you know, like a normal person. I do. All right. You share as much as you want or as little as you want. I will give the abbreviated version. Right. I, I have an older half sister. She is 10 years older than I am. She is from my mother's first marriage. Um, my parents, I grew up in central Massachusetts. My parents divorced when I was eight. And my dad, it's not kind to speak ill of the dead. You can. But he was not a great person. Uh, he was not a great person and he was not in my life after my parents divorced. And that was by his choice. And then as I grew into adulthood by my choice. Um, so my mom was a single mom. My sister is so much older than me. She was in college after a lot of this happened. So it was just me and my mom for a long time. And we were poor, very poor. Um, but my mom worked really hard to build a good life for us or good enough life. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't have many friends. Uh, I found it very difficult to make friends because I had a hard time connecting with people. And I found a very good group of friends in like middle school to high school, but like it was like three people. Um, And then once we got out of high school, we kind of grew apart. Largely because we all went to like different schools and stuff. And I think because I, tar- I became a different, not a different person, but I kind of just grew up. You just got cool. I don't think that's it. I didn't really get cool. I think it's just like, I'm not great at keeping in touch with people. Like I don't have, even now I, I don't, I mean, I, I have friends, but I don't have many close, close friends. I mean, I don't think a lot of people do. I just find I mean, it. I difficult. think it's. As long as you have what you want. Right. And I don't, I don't need many friends. I just need like one or two who I can text to get me out of jail. You don't get a text when you're in jail. You don't? I don't think so. No. I don't think that's. So can I ask you a question? Me? Yeah. What? You said you were very poor. Yeah. And wealth is, is relative. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel 
as though you were poor? Did you know that you were poor? Um, I knew things were hard when I was little because my mom always worked between two and three jobs all the time. And that was just like to keep us living. Um, so she was working like seven days a week for a lot of my childhood. And I don't, I didn't, but I didn't realize the extent to which we were poor until I got into college and I had to fill out like my FAFSA, like my financial aid forms. And so I had to get my mom's like tax returns and stuff. And that's when I was like, oh, we poor, poor, poor. But my mom was smart with the money that she had and would use it to like invest in things that would you know make sure that I was at least comfortable as a child so I always had like clothes but my clothes were like on bought on sale and like my mom one of her jobs for most of my childhood into adulthood was working at the gap and so um oh I you you fell into the gap I fell into the gap (laughs) I mean, in the, the 90s, threw up on me. <laughs> I mean, I feel as though in the nineties, that was like kind of a good thing to get. Like, I feel as though the Gap was like viewed as more of a like hip luxury brand. Not, like. not for girls in like the early two thousands. I was like so not stylish compared to the did you just popular like girls. Did you just die and be Aeropostaled out. Abercrombie. What about Hollister? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted that life. My mom was like, no. And now, like, looking back at it, like, of course. Like, of course my mom wasn't going to spend all that money on those clothes. Yeah, well, du- and also those clothes were a bandage. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I asked that because the, the town I grew up in, I don't, you know, know what my, you know, my family's income was compared to, you know, the the income of, you know, the the average, but it always, it always felt like we did not have as much as everybody else. But I just think my parents were early adopters in a town that became pretty wealthy and we actually did have quite a bit. And it was just like a lot of other kids had a lot. Yeah. But like in hot, you know, that's one of those things where I learned later on. So that, that's why I asked Uh. that because I, I think parents, do what like i said wealth is relative but you know i i think good parents Mm -hmm. you know no my mom kids kids don't shouldn't know no my mom never my mom and i didn't know i had no idea yeah i had no you know we always had food that was that was a thing but like it was a lot of rotisserie chicken that was lasting the whole week you know like that that's kind of where and a lot of rice like a lot of things like that that were I always had fresh food. I always had like produce and stuff, but it was always, you know, we got to be smart with what we buy and very, it's also, you know, I ate so much rotisserie chicken as a child. Like I didn't eat chicken for a really long time as an adult because of it. Cause I was like, I hate it. I'm so sick of it. It's interesting. I like it now though. All right. Okay. Is there anything else? Is there anything that you think you found in high school that, shapes the person that you are i think you there was something in high school that you abandoned that shaped who you were music like the violin yeah. you're talking about i didn't abandon that really till college but yeah well right but like i got to assume you figured I stopped out. trying to be that person 
Yeah. I um I, I played the violin from age four until like age 23 or so. But like I was very competitive in it. Um, so we're just hitting people with that bow. Yeah. I was, snapping their strings. No, people were trying to do that to me. People were trying to like break your violin at competitions. It was really scary. Um, but I... By the way, those people should see the doctor for Ligma. I, <laughs> it was really, really intense. Um, but no, I, I was very competitive in it for decades. Um, but I burnt out and I realized I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life because it doesn't make me happy. And I stopped. I didn't do my conservatory audition when I was in high school, which I was supposed to do to go to college. I just stopped playing the violin. And I did it here and there until I was like 23. And then I like officially stopped, stopped. But I think when I stopped doing that is when I also stopped being like a people, as much of a people pleaser. Just playing the violin was very much for my mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Should we? <laughs> Young adulthood. Uh, I will say the one thing that I found in high school that shaped me was definitely finding like punk and hardcore music. Because I kind of think like high school and school taught me how to read and write and kind of do math. Yeah. But like that kind of taught me like politics and morals and, yeah, you know, how to be a decent person. Yeah. I also forgot that I did very well in school. Yeah. I did not like it. I did not like school very much, but I did very well. Well, this is this is actually a wonderful transition for from high school to college. So I, I think I had like a 3.85 GPA, which is pretty good. Wow. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was that Very, high. I didn't know that. It was high. It was, and um, I didn't try particularly hard. And uh, for me, my choices for colleges came down to Northeastern and what is now Bridgewater State. University. Yeah, but it was a college when I went. And, um, the choice was ultimately made that I did not want to carry a significant amount of debt. You were smarter than me. Um, In so, that regard. So that, so, you know, so that happened. And then I went away to college because that's what you do after high school. And I absolutely should not have because after the first semester, I was on academic probation <laughs> because I was so used to coasting by and you know the teachers knowing me and helping me and um you know letting things slide and um that just didn't happen in college and it wasn't it wasn't that I was dumb it was that I just didn't it was not where I should have been mm-hmm. um and it absolutely showed and when I got I think I had a it was an under under a two because I think that's what you have to have to be on academic probation, and like that was like a wake up call of okay, like I could get kicked out of college mm-hmm. for this, and and then I straightened that out, mm-hmm. and then I was always on probation with the housing. <laughs> I believe I was on probation. I lived on campus for four semesters. And I was on probation with housing 
for three of them. I managed to get myself in enough trouble the uh, each semester that I would <laughs> get it pushed on to the next one. And I think <laughs> I potentially was going to get kicked out of housing um, going into my junior year, but I did not end up. Uh, the first, so the first time I got on it, this is like a little bit of a funny story. I got written up and they mailed me something and I did not get it because I did not know I was being written up because it was a clerical error. Oh. And um, when they finally called me to tell me that I was going to, I had to come to some meeting, they told me it was because of the person that I signed in after smoking cigarettes, which I said, I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. This was not me. Mm. and I don't know how they figured it out. Um, I was not very nice about this, and I was like, I'm not coming to this because this didn't happen, and you need to figure this out and not waste my time. <laughs> so I got put on probation because I refused to go to the probation hearing. Um, for the thing you didn't do. For the thing I didn't do, and I'm still fine with telling an authority to fuck off when they're wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the least shocking thing I've heard about you. Um, and then we lived next to the RA, um, when we, the, the first, the third, the third semester and he didn't like us, we, you know, and he just wrote us up every chance he got. And I don't really think we should have, but whatever. And then the fourth and final semester, uh, my roommates and I got caught throwing trash out the window, and apparently they had been <laughs> trying to catch us for this for quite some time. My friend worked at a Newberry Comics, which was a CD store, and he would bring home the promo CDs, and we would see how far we could throw them out the window. Super stupid. That one, like, you get what you get. Yeah. Um, you kind of deserve that one. Yeah. So then um, after that, I was like, I don't really want to live in housing because for the most part, this is a fucking nightmare. And I moved out. And then the only thing of note that happened there was I got hit by a car and had to drop out of school. <laughs> I, was a I was wondering where that would come in. I was a pedestrian and I got hit in a crosswalk and I got fucking smoked. <laughs> yeah, you did. We're still feeling the ramifications of it today. Yes. So, so there's that. Um, and I ended up having to drop out of school for... Um, because like a while yeah i i, I could not function mm -hmm. all right so why don't you start talking about some of college for you <laughs> um i've allu i alluded to this in our last podcast or the one before that but i was a mess Ooh, i dropped my mic i dropped my mic um i was a mess i like came out from under an iron fist and was like freedom and i drank oh i drank I did drugs. I tried stuff. It was, you know, just a time of experimenting. But like, I I did well in my classes. Hold this. I fucked up my seltzer. Oh. I um I did well in my classes and stuff. Like I would, I would always check the syllabus to see like how often I needed to go in order to pass. <laughs> like how many absences I could get away with. Um. Real ones, no, that's the way you do it. Yeah. So, like, if there was no attendance policy, I would skip, like, almost all the time. Um, or, like, if there was a certain number of absences you could get, I would make sure I, like, only had those. 
absolutely the way to do it. Yeah. But, you know, I I really tried to do the bare minimum, but I still like, you know, I still graduated with honors and stuff. So I did well in my classes. If, if, I, if, if a class was interesting to me, then I would go all the time. Like a lot of my journalism classes, I was a journalism major. I graduated with a degree in journalism, interpersonal communication, and politics and government. Um, and so like if there was a class that I was very interested in, I went all the time. But if I if, if it was something I was forced to do, I was like, I, as little as possible, I want to be here. Because um, I don't know, I just had other things I was doing. I was very nerdy for as much as I like partied and stuff. But like I was on the school newspaper. I, again, had very a very small group of friends same people for like four years um I had a really hard time keeping friends I would get friends for like a year and then not I don't know girls it was hard for me um but I was I was an RA in college fucking cop I know well because like I said I was poor no that I mean that makes sense that's an easy way to make money yeah I was poor and I needed to pay for college and being an RA pays for room and board. And I went to a small private college in Connecticut and needed to pay this dumb $40,000 tuition. And my financial aid wasn't really covering it. And I didn't want to take out like hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans. So I became an RA. And it actually made my final three years at school um, I mean, on top of my student loans, but I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. So, and my loans were not terrible. They weren't great, I will say. I, I had to pay through the nose on my loans later, but, you know, it wasn't, compared to a lot of my friends, it wasn't that bad. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I had, like, boyfriends, dumb drama with them, I screamed and cried in public, probably more than I care to remember. So, let's talk about that. <laughs> What, me screaming in public? Let's go in on that. Me and my boyfriends? Why? No. no um, Let's not. <laughs> um, wasn't happening. And I graduated on time. I graduated in four years. <laughs> Daddy did not. <laughs> I took six. Class at 2010. Right on time. I could have graduated early, but I was like, I don't want to leave early. I want to be with my friends. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I... All my friends and I got into fights my last semester because they were like, you're not being fun. You won't come out. So I was working. <laughs> I uh, I finished six years after I started. Mm. But it only took me nine semesters instead of eight. It just was over the course of six years. I see. It's not that bad. So uh, I also... I didn't say this. I went for communication studies because in high school, I really liked doing video editing. So now that I have that little app on my thing and I make the weekly videos of June and Oliver, which aren't nearly as popular as the videos that I make of me yelling what the fuck about grocery stores and stuff, <laughs> it makes me a little sad. No. But I don't think it's because of the people who like us. I think it's just TikTok doesn't give a shit about those videos. Yeah. So fuck you, TikTok. Someone said on, on our live before we got, got on here that we don't show up on their For You page as much anymore. And I was like, I, do, I truly don't know how to solve this for you. Like, maybe engaging with my live will help it, but I don't get the, I don't understand it. Anyways, we digress. 
So a brief part of my pause in college, which somebody asked about, was um, my sophomore year, my roommate Justin dropped out, and then he ended up going to Full Sail in Tampa, where he met some people, and he ended up getting a job at the record label Fueled by Ramen. Um, that was when they were signing bands like Paramore, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco. They were just kind of on fire. He ended up touring with the band Cute is What We Aim For. He, they needed a merch person. I did not have a job in the summer. He asked me if I wanted to go, and um, you did. 48 hours later, I was on a plane to Buffalo to meet some children because they were definitely children when I met them. <laughs> Uh, I pretty quickly found out that they were um, my job in merch was also slightly a babysitting role as the uh, the manager would kind of pull <laughs> me aside to tell me, excuse me, I started drinking a, a seltzer and this is going to make it worse. Um, the first tour I went on actually ended after like, oh, actually, so the manager tells me that and my friend that we're kind of the babysitters. We get in a van and... It starts in Buffalo, but the first date of the tour is in Denver. So we take off, and it is July 4th that we leave. Oh, God. And on um, July 4th, we purchased fireworks in Missouri. We slept there. We woke up in the morning, and we started taking off through Kansas. And uh, somebody shot a Roman candle out the window at somebody else. It hit the side of the highway. The highway became engulfed in flames, and we all got arrested. So four days into my job of babysitting, I got all of us. I, I didn't shoot the Roman candle, but we all got arrested. So that was that was fun and to tell my mom. That's the one time Mike got arrested. Yeah. I was charged with littering. I um, think you forgot a very important thing about you and, like, growing up and stuff. That I was bad? No. What? That you're straight edge. Oh, I kind of implied that when I said I was mad about, like, the smoking thing, I guess. But, yeah, still straight edge. But, like, that's that's an interesting thing to decide. So I would say that that decision made it 14 when I heard the minor threat record. <laughs> was very much so not a mature decision. And it was an, it's an ever-evolving decision. Mm-mm. Where it was like a huge part of my identity, like I would have been so sad if somebody broke edge, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, friends started breaking edge and I didn't. And, you know, it it just became, a, it's just never had an appeal to me. So, yeah, it, it is not something I think about nor particularly care about. But but you also don't care, like you don't care that I drink. Oh, like it's never. <laughs> well. I don't drink very often anymore but that's it is the thing that i do yeah so then Which i think a lot of some some people do have problems with yeah so then um i ended up doing a bunch of full u.s tours with cute is what we aim for and they were with like cool bands like paramore and uh hello goodbye when hello goodbye was super popular mm-hmm. um reggie and the full effect allowed me to meet the bass player of slipknot um then I went out with the band, hit the lights. And then after like eight months of that lifestyle, I was kind of over it. And um, I also got a settlement from getting hit by the car, which allowed me to lead a moderately cool lifestyle at that point in time. <laughs> um, 
and I went back to school and I actually kind of figured out school at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely was not particularly happy with the major I chose, mm-hmm. but I was kind of already in too deep and I kind of figured out college at this point. And I was like, I've always said the thing that I learned in college was how to give people the work that they want. Not even necessarily my best work. Mm. I just was like, okay, like if you give me an A on this paper, like I know what the bar is for an A. Mm. So I, I kind of figured out, you know, that was that was something I learned in college was how to uh, how hard to push myself. Interesting. Or not. Interesting. Um, and then I graduated, and we're almost at thirty minutes, so we're not even going to possibly get this in our regular 30 minutes Mm-mm. so I say we just keep going huh? but we keep our 20s brief brief well hold on i mean i was kind of a loser for like the first half of my 20s so moved back home uh dated some pieces of shit um biggest one is right here <laughs> i didn't date you in my 20s it's true um I did. I did eventually get on course. Um, I was very lucky. I I graduated and I got a job working at a liquor store through my father, and it made me really miserable. Um, I was given an opportunity to work at an out of school program, and then I kind of figured out that I actually liked working with kids and education, and that that sent me on that path. And the, you know, and then I moved ba- out and I moved back to Boston and. All right, tell them about your uh, your marriage. <laughs> um, yeah, I started dating my ex husband my senior year of college, and we we met at, at college, clearly. And that's not clearly you could have met him at Trader Joe's. That's true. I didn't have a car though, so I definitely couldn't have done that. The mini golf course. Um, and we, we didn't meet him at the barber shop. Not meet him at the barber shop. <laughs> Um, so we, yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, I don't have bad things to say about it. I'm not like it's, we had a fine relationship and clearly, clearly good enough to get married. Um, but I think, you know, I, not necessarily a mistake, but just something I should have thought about a little more clearly was like my twenties was a time of growth and still figuring myself out and discovering who I am as a person. And similarly for him, he spent you know, considerable amount of his early 20s growing into himself and finding what made him happy. Um, And we were growing in very different ways. Um, But we got married, I think I I was 25 when we got married, which is very young. Um, Yeah. But we had... I was just graduating college at 25. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have been dating since I was 21 and... Got married when I was 25, and we'd been living together for two or three years at that point. Like, it was, you know, I was just young, and I was still figuring stuff out. And I think, you know, I had a lot of therapy, and I think we just needed different things in our lives. And that's that's where we ended up. Was So after two years, two years? Two years of being married, it was, we 
decided to get a divorce. And it was very amicable. We, I got the dog. Toby is my dog <laughs> from that relationship. And I think the hardest thing about that was navigating friendships. Because, as I have stated, I don't have many friends. But the friends I do have are very close to me. But a lot of the friends that I had made were his friends. Um, and so I lost some friends for a little while and that was difficult, but I had made new friends and and kept some friends, but I spent a lot of time, you know, figuring out what made me happy and what I needed out of a relationship. And about a year after that is when you and I started dating, um, which actually is kind of fast and thinking about it, but fast and loose, baby. (laughs) But I think at the same time, like I went into our relationship very understanding of what I needed out of a relationship. And I think that I couldn't have learned that if I weren't in my previous one. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's no time in your life or my life or any whatever. A life. A life. <laughs> and I mean, I can only look through it through the lens of myself and my friends who for the most part, attended college. But holy shit, do you think you have it figured out once you have a finished college? It's true. It's and, and I mean, it's definitely ingrained in your head that like you're an adult. Then you've achieved. You've achieved like you know education. Yeah, I spent one hundred twenty thousand dollars for a piece of paper, and I was like, "Whoa, got it figured out." So gotta um, move in with my boyfriend. Gonna yeah. get engaged. Gonna get married because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and I I just think it's one of those things where you are like 25 and you think you have the world fucking figured out and Mm -hmm. you certainly do not. Yeah, I I, truthfully, though, I don't regret my first marriage because I don't think I would have been able to figure out a lot of this stuff if I hadn't had that. Like I wouldn't have been able to figure out how important having children was to me if I didn't have that. And I don't think I would have been able to figure out – what type of partner I need if I didn't have that experience. And like, you know, it turns out I need a partner who can push me to be more social or who can remind me of what I need. Um, Cause I will very much just like turn into a ball that is only serving others versus serving myself. Um, if given the opportunity. So I, I think it was wonderful and I wish him nothing but the best. Shout out. Mm-hmm. I won't say his name. No, we don't need to. Um, I guess. So. How about you? You, you, you had the def- the the defining relationship. I feel like before me. Yeah. So. I um. Pretty like firmly in my career. Um, I was definitely living in like. What in retrospect was definitely a punk house. Um, <laughs> and it was like kind of a, you know. It was. It was just a dump. Um, but I loved it. And uh, so I I was on the swiper apps and, and I swiped on a girl. And we had a wonderful relationship for about three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not wonderful from there on out. And that was, you know, it was just as much me as it was her. Mm-hmm. I could have handled situations smarter, you know, so whatever. 
Um, eventually left the punk house, made plans to live with her. <sighs> kind of realized I was trying to fix a problem the wrong way. Ended up living at the sad pad for a minute. Rip. Um, the sad pad was an awful apartment. The sad pad Com was Ave. sad. The sad pad was actually <laughs> right around the corner from where, where Alex and her husband lived. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that was that was not a good relationship, and it also taught me what I needed in a relationship. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm a big person who's like, I don't, I don't think regretting relationships is valuable. I think it's important to see what they taught you and use them as a tool in that regard. Alternately, I do think I regret that relationship because it was bad. But I also think I can say that out of the bad mm-hmm. and out of the regret came good. But I also think I could have got to a good place <laughs> in life without that, like... That's fair. You know, just that mental strife. It was also, for anybody who lives in the New England area, all of this was happening during whatever that year was. I want to say, like, 2015. What, whatever the year was where every weekend we got two feet of snow. It was 2015. And it just... Like, all of that snow made it feel like just, like, it was just, cl- the world was, like, yeah. closing in. And, like, I was in the sad pad, and it was the hottest apartment in the world. And I had to have the windows open, which would hear the green line screeching by. Oh my God. Well, f- literal feet of snow was falling. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was the same winter I was coming to the realization that I needed to end my marriage. And it was, like... Because I, we were stuck inside all the time with each other, I think. It was like, oh my god. Man. Maybe we should do a special podcast where we interview people about that winter and see how much it fucked everybody Life-changing. Yeah, that was... Uh, I think that was that year. I don't remember. Whatever it was. I mean, people will definitely remember that year. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I went up from a train wreck relationship and uh, moved on from that. <sighs> went back on the Swiper apps. <laughs> swiped right on Alex. She did not. <laughs> That's actually the reason why a lot of my friends found out I was getting a divorce. Fun fact. Me. Me. You. Yeah. You Because I was the first one to find you. You found No, you were not. Oh. Sam Yarmouth was the first person to find me. Triple B records. Triple B records. Um oh yeah, you found me very early on in my because I was just drunk with my friends and set it up and whatever, just to like play around with of like what do you do here and (laughs) to anybody listening as we wrap this up are those still as fun as they were because like i didn't particularly like dating off fun (laughs) i didn't like dating off them but i could be entertained by hours reading people's profiles because people are wild because people the the information people are willing to share is mind-blowing yeah and like i i kind of truly learned there was never anything anybody could write where i'd be like oh that person's super fucking cool yeah like i was literally gonna be like okay number one you passed the eye test number two okay you didn't write anything stupid yeah you spelled everything correctly like that's like about all you had to do like no it was it was wild but yeah you blew up my spot 
It's because you asked our friend why I was on it because no one knew I was divorced. And then he lied. He didn't lie. He was just like. Well, I don't think he knew. No, he didn't. Then he sent his wife into my store to ask me about it. It It's a whole big thing. So, all right, folks, that is life before we met. Kind of not real because at some point in there we did meet, but. Yeah, but then we met and then we started dating and then. Happily ever after. Yeah. When I like stopped being fun, now I'm still fun. I just don't go out as much because this is my natural state. (laughs) It's just being home. (laughs) All right. This Um, is fun. Uh, Next week, I think we're supposed to talk about my postpartum depression. (laughs) Yeah. So look. I feel funny about it. (laughs) Here's. I'll feel less funny about it next week. I promise. If you've if you've made it through forty minutes of this, and you're wondering, I think I'm going to treat this more like an interview than a conversation because, like, next week, yeah, oh yeah. So if you, you have are, nothing to say about that, right? I mean, I think I have a couple of things, but but like they're they're going to be kind of yeah. Frame but if you but if, but if you, you have, have a question, yeah, please ask me. Email it to theflexzonepod at gmail yeah, and I'll answer it. And I'm I'm willing to answer it all. I'm very honest about it. It was, it, it's a time that should be discussed more. So, yeah. so, see you next week. Okay, bye.